The first thing to know about Australian musician Lucky Star is that he made this song a hit way before Johnny Cash. The song goes, Well, I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Cross the desert, spare man. I've breathed the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my chair, man. I've been everywhere. Been in Palomar, Seymour, this mama will the barn there, and bull Richard all kill mama will the bar birds, will the mabool, wallable, kind of mother, kind of mind, fast prime, fast fire, and all that. That's about where I run out of breath. That's perfect. Thank you so much. Did you know it was a hit while you were recording it? I think so. I think so. It allowed me to form a career in this wonderful business. Like Little Patty and Kathy Wayne, Lucky was a regular performer on Brian Henderson's bandstand, a member of the bandstand family. And like Patty and Kathy, he toured Vietnam. In fact, Lucky performed there more than any of them, traveling to the war zone four times. He went on trips sponsored by the Australian government. But he also went on private tours, like the one Kathy Wayne is about to embark on. The government-sponsored tours were a little less chaotic than than the the private ones, I think. But it was all for the same end, to to try and bring a bit of Australia to those service people. We just wanted to entertain them. We'd hop on the back of a truck and do a show out in the, the boondocks if need be, you know? You know, it was a bit of an adventure as well. A lot of the entertainers, a lot of the musicians put their hand up saying they, would have, they wanted to go. You know, I was 25, 26, and um, you're bulletproof during that period of time, and you wanted to experience as much as you could. And like every musician we spoke to for this story, Lucky remembers how he felt when he learned Kathy Wayne had been shot. That was one of the... Uh, one of the disasters that occurred in in Vietnam, uh, which uh, it should not have happened, but um, I don't know how it would be avoided. When you worked in Vietnam, all of the service people had armament with them. It was a scenario for something bad to happen all the time. And uh, unfortunately, with, with Kathy, it did. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Campside Media, I'm Bijan Steven, and you're listening to Eclipsed. In the 1960s, Kathy Wayne was a young performer on Brian Henderson's bandstand. And like many members of the bandstand family, Kathy was excited for the adventure of leaving Australia to perform in Vietnam. Her first tour was a success, and soon she decided to go to the war zone a second time. This time on a private tour, without government protection. While bandstand performers like Lucky Star had gone on private tours of Vietnam before, Kathy's tour presented dangers she didn't expect. On July 20th, 1969, the day of the moon landing, Kathy traveled to a remote American base called Hill 34. And her performance that day became a permanent part of the legacy of Australian musicians in Vietnam. Welcome back to our three-part series on Kathy, Patty, Lucky, and the other musicians who toured the war zone. This is episode three, the final performance. Thank you. 
It's July 20th, 1969. Kathy Wayne and her band sit at a bar overlooking the Han River in the coastal city of Da Nang. According to a book written about Kathy's time in Vietnam, her schedule has been grueling. Her private tour of the war zone is booked solid, and she's playing up to 18 shows a week. But today is a relatively leisurely day, a rare break. She only has one show booked at Hill 34, which is currently home to hundreds of United States Marines. Because it's a private tour, the band is usually in charge of their own transportation. But today, the base is sending a truck to pick them up. It's scheduled to arrive at 2 p.m. Kathy sits by a window, looking out at the gently flowing water and waiting for the truck to arrive on the opposite shore. But at 3 p.m., Kathy and the band are still waiting. And the same at 4 p.m. The truck still hasn't arrived. At five, Kathy and the group decide they're not going to play the show for the American Marines. It's too dangerous. They know it's a long drive to the base, and by the time the show is over, they'll have to do the drive back at night when ambushes are common. They worry about getting caught in a firefight on the return trips. Plus, they'll miss the war zone curfew. As soon as they've made their decision, the big truck pulls up across the river, and suddenly the band second guesses their second guess. They worry about what their booking agent might think if they don't play the show. And so after sending one of the dancers across the river to ensure they can get a military transport back through the night, they decide to go forward with their performance. There's a photo of Kathy from that evening. She's on the ferry, crossing the river to meet the truck. Kathy's leaning against the railing of the ship. Her hair is pulled back, and she has a smile on her face that's hard to interpret. A giant American flag waves in the breeze behind her. Later that night, Marine Captain Ed Carfeld is sitting five feet from the stage, enjoying Kathy's performance. Her voice provides a taste of normalcy and a reminder of home. The stress of the war zone drifts away. Carfeld forgets about his work as a defense attorney, his work defending the kid with the marijuana seed in his pocket. He forgets about the protests going on back home. He forgets about Apollo 11 orbiting the moon. Uh, Roger, 11, this is Houston. Uh, we're reading you uh, loud and fairly clearly for your information. And then, Kathy collapses. Why, why was she here? She, you know, to go into harm's way the way she did. And they were just entertaining us. I mean, that's what they were doing. They were there for us. I think they were very brave people. Kathy Wayne dies on stage within hours of the moon landing. And even though she's the first Australian woman killed in Vietnam, her death doesn't come close to making the front page. When she finally gets a bit more coverage, the story isn't about who killed her or about the fact that she died on an American base. Instead, the media focuses on whether or not Kathy should have gone to Vietnam in the first place. This despite the fact that she's just one among hundreds of entertainers who performed in the war zone. And although a Marine sergeant is arrested and accused of killing Kathy, the American and Australian governments do very little to communicate with Kathy's family. Why would they? Hardly anyone is paying attention. Kelly Wilde, Kathy's close family friend, remembers being in the house and eavesdropping on the adults as they searched for answers. And we were asking the government all these questions. They did say at that time it was a US Marine and that he had been taken into custody. That's all we do. 
And we were thinking, oh, okay, we asked about trials, we asked about this, we asked about that, and got nothing. You've got to really dig ears and make phone calls after phone calls to get any kind of information. Everything shut down on the family. When Kathy died, Kelly didn't just lose her cousin. She lost her idol, the model for who she wanted to be. What I loved about Kathy was she was a pop star. And I wanted to be a pop star. I wanted to be loved in the way Kathy was loved. Kathy's mom knew how close they'd been, so she gave Kelly a gift. When Kathy passed, Nancy gave me all of her costumes. The first costume I got that I actually wore, this fantastic one-piece suit, it was a pale pink with silver flecks through it, had a belt round the waist with a nice big buckle, and it was straight legs. And I remember that coming into the 70s, the fashion was flares, and I thought, oh, oh, I better do something. So I cut up the side of the leg. So basically, with Kathy's costumes, it set my career up. So Kelly finds a booking agent. And where else would she go to perform? Just months after Kathy's death, Kelly heads to Vietnam at the age of 16. When Kelly goes to Vietnam, she goes for the same reason Kathy did. She wanted to leave Australia. We are so far away from everything. So I wanted to experience life outside that. I wanted to travel. And I think Kathy would have had that kind of drive as well. My best memories were, like I told you, running around uh, Vietnam at night. It was curfew. Bombs are going off on the other side. And I'm in an open air Jeep having a whale of a time. So, I mean, uh, I was young. I was so young. I was just wild. I just wanted that. I w- I'd broken free from family. I know I had no one to tell me what to do and where to go, and I could go and do whatever I liked. So I really, totally over the top. But Kelly had another wish for her time in Vietnam. She wanted to find out what had really happened to Kathy. She wanted the information it seemed like the government was hiding. One day, she even went to an American base in Saigon, one where she knew Kathy had performed in the weeks before her death. I was just going there to find out for myself. Just for me, I wanted to know what happened. Why? Why? I want. I really wanted to know, and I could get nowhere, nowhere. In fact, half the people had forgotten it even happened. Did you perform there? Yeah, I performed at the Saigon Hotel. I didn't perform for the military, not like Kathy did. I, I was. I didn't want to push my luck. Imagine if I'd been shot. Kelly's worry gets at what might be the biggest injustice about Kathy's murder. Ultimately, she was on an American base inside the wire. She may have been on a private tour, but while she was on Hill 34, she was an invited guest of the American military. And she wound up dead. Soon after Kathy's death, the Marines arrested a suspect. A sergeant who supposedly had access to the same kind of gun Kathy was shot with. That's according to the book written about Kathy's time in Vietnam. Unfortunately, there isn't a satisfying conclusion to this part of the story. The Marines held their court-martial not far from Hill 34, and those records aren't publicly available. There's some speculation that the accused was aiming at his commanding officer when Kathy was shot, but that was never proven at trial. 
The prosecution never established a motive. Ultimately, the Marine was convicted anyway, but then the Marine received a new trial and was found not guilty. They went free. No one else was accused. The American government just dropped it. And the Australian government did too. Kathy, I think, would still like to think that there was some kind of justice. I think she'd like to feel that, there, you know, there was justification in what happened. Her legacy is that we're still talking about her 50 years later. But to leave a mark in this life where people have loved you, people who watch Brian Henderson's Bands and remember Kathy on it, can go onto YouTube and see film of her performing, then that's, you've left a mark on this world. You haven't just come in and disappeared like a bit of flotsam and jetsam out the doorway. You've left a mark. Let's go back a few years. It's August 1966, several years before Kathy's death. Little Patty's on her first tour of Vietnam, where she narrowly escapes the battle that broke out during her performance. Patty is separated from her friend, Coljoy, who's stuck on the edge of the battlefield. And she's just spent a long night in her villa waiting for news about him, counting the deaths of the Australian soldiers for whom she'd just performed. That morning, she's finally reunited with Coljoy. They sit in the Jeep, silently reflecting what they've just been through. But there's only a moment to rest. Soon, a driver comes and takes Patty and Cole to a field hospital. They've been asked to sing for the soldiers there, the men who have just been injured in the battle. And when we got outside of the hospital, Cole said to me, you're not crying, are you? And I said, no, of course I'm not. I was crying, I was crying. And I said, what about you? Are you okay? We're going to go on in a minute. You know, that professional thing that the show must go on. And he's tuning up his guitar and pretending to be terrific and we were both very, very upset. But, you know, we were trained. <laughs> that back door of the hospital opened and away we went. Straight away we saw lots and lots of Australians, injured Australians, covered in white sheets, plaster, shrapnel wounds, missing legs, all that and we had to sing for them. Yeah, it was really hard, but I can only imagine they must have felt good because some of them cried, some of them couldn't stop smiling. You know, I'm not one to gush and kiss them, do all that, but I just naturally embraced them and kissed them and hugged them because, you know, why not? <laughs> they were just beautiful people. All these decades later, Patty's still performing for Australian soldiers. Over the years, several times, people have said, how can you be a pacifist but still entertain forces? Because I still do, you know. I went to Iraq and the Middle East. I said, you can be both. You can be totally against the violence of war, but at the same time, love and support people who do go to war I don't think there's a simple lesson here. Maybe it's that Kathy's story is still in the present, the present tense, for all the people who were close to her. 
Her murder is unsatisfying and opaque, like the legacy of the Vietnam War itself. I mean, I guess I could say something easy, like, there are no winners in a war. But I want to leave you with something else about what it's like to make the decision to go somewhere you might not come back from. One, zero, all engine running. Four days before Kathy was shot, an American rocket launched itself to the moon, carrying three men who had made that particular choice. A reporter for the Sydney Sun captured the uncertainty of that historic moment. The astronauts themselves were waving and giving the thumbs up sign, and they were smiling. But some people revealed the true emotion that, that shadows this whole shot. They were crying. And I'll have to admit that when the door to the van closed behind those men, and they drove off for the last time, a shiver went down my spine too. Apollo 11 showed us how far we could travel from home and still return safely. Kathy didn't go as far, but she's not that different from the men who went to the moon. She went to Vietnam because she believed the reward was worth the risk. I'm going to step off the limb now. And I think that's what her friends and family remember most. Her willingness to take that one small step for herself and that one giant leap for that's her countrymen. Certainly no lack of ambition or hard work on her part. The bandstand? Next on Eclipsed, we start a new series. An oil company is drilling on the surface of a lake. A salt company is mining underneath the lake. What could go wrong? Eclipse is a production of Campside Media. It's hosted by me, Bijan Steven, and written by Michael Canyon Meyer. We're produced by Lane Gerbig and Joe Hawthorne. Archival research by Caitlin Rathy, with additional research by Morgan Lee Davies. We're fact-checked by Jordan Reed. Our engineer is Garrett Tiedemann. Our theme song is by Doug Slatewin. Our executive producers are me, Bijan Steven, and the rookie contender for Data of the Year, Michael Canyon Meyer. The executive producers at Campside Media are Matt Scheer, Adam Hoff, Josh Dean, and Vanessa Gregoriadis. And special thanks to avgeeks.com for letting us use some archival audio in our trailer. If you want to say hello or what's up, drop us a line at eclipsed at campsidemedia.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Bijan Steven on Twitter and Twitch, but not Instagram. That's different. I mean, not really. It's just a different username. Anyway, thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>